So, it's going to be neat to see what God does this morning. So Greg pulled me to the side on Tuesday and said, hey, I think we're going to be out of town on Sunday. Would you just take the lead? And if God has you say something great, if he does something else, even great, what, whatever he wants. And this is unique to me. I, it's not that I haven't, I mean, the Lord told me several years ago, when, I, when anybody asks you to speak about me, you just do it. You don't even have to ask me. I'm like, okay. Every now and then I throw in when I do get asked, hey, can I talk to Jesus about that? But he's in the back going, you know the answer. <laughs> so, so it wasn't, there was no resistance whatsoever. But the unique thing about this time is that ever since Tuesday night, whenever I think, whenever I was to think or to even start talking to him about, Lord, what do you want to say on Sunday? I was broken. In a good way, in a good way, but immediately teared up. And I'm like, all right, Lord, what is that? Like, I feel you. I know your presence. But what are you going to say? And all he's told me all week is, you just stand up. I've got it, and I'll speak. And I'm like, okay. But every time I think about it, it's not out of fear or trepidation. It's just, it's just, Lord. I just feel you already, and I don't even know what you're going to do or what you're going to say. And I've expressed that to my couple of my family members over the last few days. And then I watched a, a YouTube message yesterday that Georgia put on God Squad. And it caught my eye because the title of it was Understanding True Rest. Rest is one of my, God's rest and peace is one of my favorite things to talk about and to hear about. And... I'd have, I've never had this happen before. I listened to that. It's an hour and 15 minutes. And I was in tears the entire time. It was like the Lord was standing right next to me going, Hey, Jeff, I just... And it wasn't new content. It, it was just his presence all over it. And he was saying, This is who I am. And, I, and this is what I want for my people, for my kids. This is what I want. This is how real I want it to be. And I said, okay, Lord, I know what you want to say. And he said, tell them how precious I am to them. Tell them how precious I want to be in relationship with them. And then I'm feeling, well, I don't have enough time to tell them that. (laughs) Because I could talk about that for hours. God's character, who he is. And what he wants for each one of us. And there are a couple, a couple things that in that message that I heard yesterday, I'll, the, the Lord pulled out specifically for me and says, hey, this is, this is something. This is something I know I know. I'm like, Lord, I love that. Yes, I love that. And what's so precious about the Lord when he is present, right, in proximity to you, so close to you? is that other things come up. Like other things come up. I I got on my knees after that message. And I'm just in the I mean I'm just in the guest room in our house. And I got on my knees and the Lord emptied something out of me that goes years and years and years and years back. And I didn't even know it was still in me. Like it wasn't it wasn't bad. It wasn't something that I hadn't asked forgiveness for. It was a weight. A weight that he had already taken care of that I don't think I just had released. And I just 
bawled on the floor. And it was like Ben said this morning. You, see, you find yourself crying sometimes, and you're like, okay. And I'm like, wow, that was such a release in the spirit. After I got up, I couldn't help but talk about it. I walked out of the room, and John was in the kitchen fixing something, and I'm just like, John, let me just tell you what happened. So that's kind of how my week's been. And that's why that box of tissue is sitting there. Because I am not usually someone that just cries like crazy. I am a Hallmark crier, Hallmark movie crier. I can, I can cry in a moment if something brings somebody up. But it's not a uncontrollable, I can't help but do this. It's my heart really, you know, is really pulled by that. And I've prayed for years and years and years that, Lord Jesus, whatever. I know that feeling when you see something that's not right or that hurts or is super, super happy and powerful. And I've said, Lord, whatever moves your heart, like if you are going to tear up because of that situation, I want to tear up. So please let me do that. And there's been times when I've teared up and I've been like, oh, wow, that's the Lord's heart for that. That surprises me. You know, I have to wipe my eyes and I'm not even, and it surprises me. So that preciousness about the Lord, and he gave me that word precious. And it's interesting to me because that's not usually something that I, a word that I would speak multiple times over even though something is precious to me that word that he brought up is just unique to me that he said that so let's talk about it's not just mine our favorite person this morning okay and what's amazing about it is he's got three parts the holy spirit the 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 trinity is made up of the holy spirit the son of god jesus and the father god who a couple years ago God, who I felt in such and still feel in such awe of, he said, when you and I are talking, I need you to call me Papa. And I'm like, I've never used that word in my entire life, Lord. And he goes, in fact, Father is, is a word that I only use for him because my kids every now and then, Carson will go, hello, Father. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. It's Dad. It's not Father. It sounds too formal. But when he told me to call him Papa when it was just the two of us, I'm like, wow, it's that personal love that I'm in awe of all the time because he just wants me to call him dad and have it mean, because it means something to him. It's not just me. It's not just that he knew it would mean something to me. It means something to him. So we have the Holy Spirit who is a constant presence, right? After you accept the Lord into your life, he's there all the time. Whether you acknowledge him or not is another thing, but he's there. Then you have Jesus, who came from the heavenly realm, took on our form, came down here, died for us, and walked with his disciples before that death as a man. I'm going to say that again, because it just took years for me to figure this out and truly understand it. He walked as a man. So all of the miracles he did, all of the things that he asked the Father to heal, right? He was a man. That's incredible. And to understand that and the power that we carry of his, it should just just make you want to sit down and go, okay, how in the world? But that's what he wants us to know. That's, That's how he wants us to know him. And then the father, the ultimate dad, right? So let's talk about them just a little bit. And I'm going to be talking from my reference point. But one of the things that the Lord said, I I said to him, Lord, I can talk about you forever on what you mean to me. But I want others, I want anybody that hears this this morning to understand who you are for them. 
And he said, yep, I'll do that. So his, the beauty of relationship with him is missed by so many because their eyes just aren't on him. Right? So when Greg talks to his son, he looks in the eye. He looks him in the eye. And, and I remember my dad going, come on. Look at me while I'm talking to you. Then I know you're really focused on me and you're not distracted by anything else. Right? So if we're going through, if we're dealing with anxiety, if we're dealing with a bout of depression, if we're dealing with all demonic strategies because he wants to take a pure life and a pure heart and a pure mind and distract you and throw things at you so that he can say he has the victory. He knows he loses in the end, but he really, really wants to take a lot of us out before that. So he says, all right, I love you. Look at me. Look at me. No, 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 no. Don't look over there. Don't look at, but Lord, my son. No, but Lord, my daughter. No, my marriage. No, right here, right here. Lord, I'm growing with you. I'm working with you, but I just having a hard time forgiving that one person. Hey, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And this is a bold statement, but it's so true. Anything that you are dealing with that is giving you stress, that is giving you heartache, that is, that is drawing you into, a, into sin and living outside of the purity of Christ. Everything. We can go into it. We can go into size of, of infirmities. We can go into the depth of despair. We can talk about it. But all of that is because you're not looking at him. You're not looking right here. Because it's not that those problems don't exist. It's that the solution to all of those things that we're dealing with, that we call life right now, all of them, the solution is him. And he says, look at me, follow me, listen to me, rest in me, rest. His peace is actually, you know how he talks about it being the peace that passes understanding? It's impossible, honestly, in human, in human language to describe the peace from the Lord. It's, it's impossible. Because you're trying to describe it to somebody that doesn't understand it, and you're comparing it, and they're comparing it to something natural. And it's not natural. It's supernatural. There's nothing common. I love this, this uh, comment that the pastor that was speaking that I listened to yesterday said he said if you're if you're telling yourself no 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 the Lord made us to have common sense the Lord made us to have common sense and you're going okay that doesn't make sense and that they're saying that they're saying that that's from the Lord that might be a sign from the Lord in my life no that makes no sense there is nothing common about our God nothing there's nothing common about him and I used to go, my dad used to say to me, hey, logic and reason. Work through this. Logical reason. Everything needs to make sense. It's, I love my dad, but at the time, he didn't understand it either. He does now. But at the time, I'm like, okay, something, okay, I've got to be logical. I've got to give reason. And when I got married and we started putting a family together and I'm going, that doesn't make sense. Whoa, that doesn't make sense. He's crying way more than a human being should be crying right now. Like, that makes no sense. God doesn't make natural common sense. It's all supernatural. 
And when you really grasp that, when I grasped that, my life changed. My life changed because there's nothing common about God, right? So the Holy Spirit, he is an invisible, invisible presence of God Almighty that is with us every minute of every day, right? So what that means is that there's never a time that he, he's not with you. So whenever you feel alone, it's actually not true. You can feel that way, but it's not true. He's with us every second. You can talk to him every minute. You can talk to him in pain. You can talk to him in happiness. You can talk to him in, I don't know where I am right now. And he wants to listen. It's not even, hey, hon, do you have a few minutes for me? I just really would like to lay this out for you. It's not even that. You don't even have to ask if he has time. He's there every second, every minute. Like, really, I hope you grasp that. It's, it's incredible to think that you're never alone. And that's something that Satan lies to so many people about. Nobody cares. You're past the point of people knowing you, wanting to be your friend. No, you're not. Because he's always your friend. Right? There's a couple of really cool verses about friendship that I just jotted down real quickly. Exodus 33:11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses. Grasp this. Thus the Lord God used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses, you had such a privilege. No, we have the same thing. We really do. Now, he, yes, God showed him his face. <laughs> we will see God's face, but right now we can talk to him, just like Moses did. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. My twin boys, Cole and Carson, are pretty close. Always have been. And there is a spark between twins and triplets that you really can't explain. When you watch it, it's pretty amazing. So a friendship between a brother or a sister is about the strongest friendship that you can have if they're in unity. Right? Proverbs 18:24. There is a friend, Jesus, that sticks closer than a brother. How can you be closer than a brother? You were born together. You know, you were born out of the same womb. How can that be closer? There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18:24. He's always there. I I love the fact that I can be walking into something, conversation, meeting, activity, and go, all right, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. I don't quite know what to do next or how this is going to go, but all I'm asking is for you to be present here. I, I pray before going into certain conversations with people, Lord, I don't know if this person knows you or not, Holy Spirit, but I declare your presence, your power, and your brilliance. I actually believe, I actually believe that someday those that walk with the Lord will actually visibly be brilliant and visibly shine. But right now, before that's happening, I believe that in the spirit, a person that is not that does not know Christ can feel his presence on you when you're somewhere. We were talking in the men's class. I was actually really encouraged in the men's class by how focused Everybody is on relationship with him in this 21-day fast. Like it, we've put things aside to just say, Lord, I just want to think about you and talk about you. 
and to be in your presence. And it was so obvious in men's class that that's what he's doing. Walda had an amazing testimony. And Ben and Tom. and It just enriched. It was just... It's amazing when you watch what he does. And when I say, I ask for your brilliance, I want them to feel his presence. Right? Have you ever had somebody say to you, there's just something different about you? Yeah, I can tell you who that is. Because they feel it. It's ch- it changes the atmosphere, which is something that Brooke talks about all the time, even in worship. So you have the Holy Spirit. It's with you all the time. You have Jesus, who is referred to in the Bible many times as our greatest friend. Right? Now, if, you, if you've never had a really good, strong friendship, think of Jesus in another image in your mind and in your life. If you've never had a really strong friendship, think of something that has been really close and really tight with you. And, and there are friends that you have probably run into in your life that you never thought would walk away from you or say something harsh to you or whatever, and that's happened. Right? Guess what? Not with Jesus. He might have a harsh word for you, but you probably needed it. And he's got his arm around you with the other arm as he's saying, hey, I need you to work on this. This is now nah, shouldn't have said that. You snapped. I can work with you on that. I can help you with that. Jesus sacrificed his kingdom and his presence in heaven to come down here to die for mankind and then to come back three days later to say, hey, I'm still here. I'm alive. I'm a well. I'm well. And I want to be with you every minute of every day. Because I did that for you, not me. And it's the ultimate sacrifice that we just remembered in communion. The ultimate sacrifice. And he came back. He didn't just die to, to have a memorial so we could have a memorial on what he did and what he meant to us at the time he was alive. No, he came back three days later and said, hey, I defeated death. And this is how it's going to be. We didn't realize it would be so long, but his plan for life, it was always life. It was never death. And then in the Trinity, we have the Father. Now, this one, I think, is a lot harder for for many people to grasp. And the reason I say that is because, sadly, Satan has had a tremendous amount of victory in breaking up families. It's been his goal to steal, kill, and destroy not just individuals, but unified families and generations and things like that. And I'm, I'm sad to say this, but we all know it. The family is broken in, in culture as a whole. The family has been broken because when you can break the family where everything should start from when you're born, you can interrupt and influence more than any any other aspect of life. I don't think you could ever influence in somebody's life later on as much as you can in their childhood. And the, the education system and the broken families and people growing up never having a father, never having a mother, that was never God's intention. Never. Satan said, hey, I'm going to wreck that because unity and family is, is the greatest example of the Trinity even when it comes to unity. So I realize that those that have had a really tough relationship with their dad or no relationship with their dad, when you call God Almighty Father, it may be hard. It may be hard to grasp because you're like, wait, when I think of Father, it's nothing good. It's nothing that I want to remember. And I understand that, but it's not just me. He understands that. 
He understands that. And he never left you. He never forsaked you. He's, he's always there. And he is the absolute ultimate father. Absolute ultimate father. I almost held back from saying this because there's a chance that my dad will hear this. But it's not something that I don't think he would understand nowadays. When I grew up, he was part of a ministry, but he was always with the ministry. So I just really never had a relationship with my dad growing up. And he was doing doing things that people would go, well, he's involved in ministry. And I'm like, yeah, but I never saw him. I never had a relationship with him, you know. And I crave that. And I, Bren a couple times has asked me, my wife has come a couple times asked me, what kept you from just running away? What kept you just from rebelling and just saying, and I'm like, all I can tell you is that the Lord gave me a vision of who God was before I even really knew him. But I was a kid, and I remember going, okay, my dad, my earthly dad's not here, but Lord, I just need to talk to you. I just need to tell you something. I always knew he was there. I always knew he was at a baseball game that my dad didn't make. I always knew that he was at some program or some, I was in, it's funny, I've never told Brooke this, but I was in drama team, and we did these plays, and I was so excited to be in these certain drama things, and yet I'm like, okay, well, you know what, God's there, he's watching me, and I had this comfort and this peace as a kid, not even realizing the truth and the peace in that, you know, in my life, and I have a God's been growing my relationship with my dad, and my dad realizes all that now, and it's, it's just, it's working. He's working all things together for good. But that's what I'm talking about. I realize that it's hard for some of you to not picture him as father or as dad. But I ask you, because it's so unbelievably rewarding, to get on your knees and say, I don't even know what to say to you, God, because I don't know how to picture you. I don't know how to have a relationship with a dad. My mom took care of me my whole life. I have an incredible love for my mom and the motherly instincts and how to be a mom. But I'm a man or I'm a woman and I don't know how to have a relationship with a dad. So just show me. Show me what a real dad is. Show me who you are and who you want to be to me. And he'll do it. And you'll get a new, you'll get a new vision and a new explanation of what dads are supposed to be like. And I challenge you, if you're not a dad yet, do that before you're a dad. And he'll give you so much joy after that because you understood it walking into the position and the privilege that he's giving you to be a dad or a mom. It doesn't just apply to guys, of course. But that family breakup is a reason why I believe God has lost a lot of love and respect from people. I've also heard, as we all have, I have a hard time thinking of God as good because I always picture him with a hammer up there. And he's just about to pound me, and I'm just trying to do everything right so I don't get pounded. I'm like, yeah, just a just a wrong, you know, paradigm of what a dad's supposed to be like, right? But that's usually based on something that happened on earth. So just talk through that with him and, and ask him. The, the privilege that we have as Christians, knowing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, will be expressed to others. Because it's, it's not easy to explain. Like, I'm asking the Lord to explain it up here today. But it's not easy to explain. But your life, your life following Christ will reflect it. It'll reflect it. Like Ben gave a testimony on where he works and a guy walking in, the Lord saying, hey, I think you should pray for him. And then asking him if he knew the Lord and he accepted the Lord. Like, 
That's what the Lord is waiting for. And something that I'm still working through, and I say this to Greg a lot, is why, why does he use us? Because he doesn't have to. He's awesome enough to do it himself, and we'd love to watch. But he insists on doing it through us. And so what did that lead to when I started asking those questions? It led to worthiness. I had to work through worthiness. I didn't feel worthy of being loved that much. I didn't feel worthy of having the Holy Spirit be with me that much. I didn't feel worthy of having a friend like Jesus. Because I'd never really had super, super close friends. And I'm like, I don't really know what that's like, but this sounds, I mean, it just sounds a little too much. And I didn't, then I, then he kept showing me, it's worthy. You don't feel worthy of it. And I'm like, oh man. And Bryn witnessed when the light bulb went off and when things started changing. And, and I'm like, I'm worthy. Like the word has always told me that I'm worthy, but I never believed it. I didn't know that. But I just went, yep, I believe what he's saying, but I don't feel it. And then when he showed me that I'm worthy, we're not worthy because of something that we do. We're worthy because of what Jesus came down and did for us. Like, there's no worthiness that we have to earn. We are already worthy. So when you start thinking about Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are with you all the time. They will talk to you about anything at any time. They want you to look at them and not be distracted because that's when we that's when we start going another direction and we're like, what's going on? What's going on? Whoa, whoa, I'm over here. I'm up here. Look at me. When you start thinking about all that, I hope that all of the troubles of life get smaller. They get smaller. And when you wake up tomorrow morning and you go, Wait, this is not mine to carry. And I'm worthy of him doing it all for me? I remember, I mean, how many of us as guys grew up going, hey, a man does this, a real man does this. And it's all about providing ourselves, being tough enough to take it ourselves, being, being at the right place at the right time, being masculine, you know, so that, a woman or a girlfriend in your life or your wife in your life is like, yep, that's my man. He can conquer anything. Well, he will give you the strength to do all that in himself. But we can't do that by ourselves. So stop trying. Like, stop trying. And when he talks about rest, when the Lord talks about rest and peace, he wants us to hand everything to him. And I go, well, But you created me, so how? He goes, no, hand it all to me. I'm going to work through you. You just stay an open person. You just stay an open mind, an open heart, an open vessel, and I'll work through you. But I need you to hand it to me and completely surrender it first. Well, I'll let it go when my relationship starts to improve, and I know that you're working in it already, and then it'll be easier for me to let it go. No, I need you to let it go right now before you see anything. And what do we call that? I'm not even going to say the word. Somebody say it. What do we call that? Surrender and faith. Right? You can't have one without the other. And he says, have faith. Have faith in me before you see the results. Trying to have, we've been trying for years and years and years and years to have a baby, Lord. Should we do something about it? Like from man's perspective. Should we, should we try some things? Should we do this? Should we talk to a counselor? Should we do that? 
He says, just look at me. Look at me. I want you to have children. I'll work it. Just let me. Let me handle it. Let me do it. But, and he'll never, he will not jump in front of you and say, hey, don't talk back to me. Don't do this. No, he'll just let you go. Because you just you can just argue, 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 argue. You can give excuse, 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 excuse. And he just, he's a loving dad, right? He just stands there. He's a loving friend. He just stands there and goes, yeah, I hear you. I got it. But we have to let it. We have to let him do it. We have to give it up. We have to surrender. And when I think of him, that's what I think of. There's not one thing that I could bring up to the Lord that doesn't that he can't do and that he couldn't surrender. Hang on, Mike. Michael, hang on one second. So I just bring that before you, and I encourage you, and I just challenge you to give up on some of the things that are really weighing you down. And I don't mean give up as in don't care about them, because many of them are based on very, very important people and topics. But I just say, I challenge you to go home, not even go home, the Lord put something on my heart. Do it today. Just get on your knees with him or in a chair with him and ask him what you haven't let go of. And what when he talks to you about it, you look another direction and you're not looking at him because you really don't want to address that yet. It's, it's what we prayed about communion. He wants to work with a pure vessel. He, wants to, he talks about clay. He wants to mold you as clay like the potter does. He wants to do everything for us. Everything. And you go, yeah, but I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be irresponsible. I don't want... No, when you let him do things, it's not that you're being lazy and irresponsible. You're actually waiting for instruction. And he'll give it to you at the perfect time, the perfect place. And sometimes he'll surprise you and go, when you start to do a task, it's already done. He's already worked it out. He's already had these two people talk to each other. And you go up to somebody and say, I've never forgiven you for this. And I just didn't want this to stand. And they go, well, I forgave you for that 10 years ago. Thank you for coming to me. But I've been at peace for 10 years. You know? So he will surprise you in everything. What, what we talked about with the Lord showing Greg and Alexis where all of these prophets are and how to connect with them. My expectation is so high. Like, it's so high. I expect incredible stories miraculous encounters. Like, I have no doubt in, in my mind whatsoever. I couldn't tell you the timing on it, but I am excited about him and what the Lord's going to do to show us who he is and how he works. It thrills me every time I hear a story or a testimony. Like, just Waldo's testimony this, testimony this morning. To have him unearth in you something that you didn't realize was still a problem after all of these years and was something that you just kind of worked around that's exhilarating. It's life-changing. And you just shared it with 13 other people in the room that it's going to impact our lives as well. So testimonies are powerful too. And the last thing that I just wanted to say, I wanted to give you three verses on Father, on, on the Lord being a Father. Psalm 68.5, He is the Father of the fatherless and a protector of the widows. Like it's a stated fact. It's not, He may be, He might do that. No, he's the father of the fatherless. He is a protector of the widows. Psalm 68, 5. Proverbs 103, 13. 
As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Now, is that end of that verse referring on the fact that you're just kind of going like this waiting for the hammer to fall? No. It means in awe of him, in knowing who he is and the power and authority that he is, and hopefully that you know you carry at the same time. Proverbs 3.12, the last one about the father. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. He loves us. He, he cannot say enough about us. He brags on us. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He brags on us. To the angels, to those that are around him, he is so proud of his kids. He is so proud of his kids. And he wants us to have that in our minds so deeply that because he has control of everything, because he is the solution to all of our problems, because he's the greatest friend, the greatest father, and the greatest presence, we want to keep that purity. We don't want to interrupt that. Why would you ever want to interrupt that perfect relationship? I, I don't know how you could, right? But we do, right? There's things that we do. And all it takes is, Father, I, I just I want to keep a short account with you because I appreciate and I'm in awe of so much of who you are to me that I just want to keep a short account. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went off there. I'm sorry that I used... I went off emotionally on that situation. I'm sorry that I actually agreed to that when I knew that it wasn't the right thing to do, but I didn't want to lose face. Would you forgive me for that and give me, Holy Spirit, go with me as I reverse that and come back into, into relationship and purity and fellowship with you? It's, it's just a minute-by-minute thing. And it's precious. He gave me that word. It's just precious. Because I can't think of anything else in this world like that. Can you? Like, honestly. I mean, we get glimpses of that as a dad, like with a little one that's as innocent, can't do anything wrong, and you just go, oh, this is about as perfect of a moment as you can get holding a little one next to you that, that knows nothing but love, you know, for you. So I pray that. That's amazing. I, I didn't have any of that on paper, and, and I just pray that the Lord uses his words on that. And I'm going to do something that I, I know the Lord is asking me to do, and the way that I grew up, this should be done all the time, but I'm not saying it was done in the right way. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to just talk to the Lord, whether it be on your knees or in your chair. But I really, really feel that he wants, if you're going to surrender some things to him today, or not even surrender, solidify a position that you're already in relationship with him and just say, Lord, thank you for who you are, and this is why I love you so much, and I'm just showing you that surrender again. I encourage you to come down in front of here on the carpet and just talk to him. We don't have to call it an old-time old time altar call. We don't have to, you know what I mean? It's I love it, and I done right, it's showing the ultimate respect and love for for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as, you know what, Brooke, do you mind playing piano for that? That'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you, Isaac. Appreciate that. I know the Holy Spirit works through music, and there's something about, even while you're talking about music playing in the background, the Holy Spirit just softens, and I've always loved that. Michael, you had something. Do you want to just ask it real quick? 
Yes. Michael said, do you remember in the message where they were talking about sit, rest, and trust? And that's exactly what he said. And he was referring to the feeding of the 5,000, where the disciples were all, how are we going to buy food? How are we going to feed 5,000 people? And Jesus knew, my father's got it. My father's got it. And he said he just wanted the people to sit, rest, and listen, you know, and trust him. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity always to talk about you. And I thank you for what you wanted to say today, and I just give it to you. I give it back to you, Lord. Let it just sit in hearts, what you said today, and let us truly, truly understand who you are. I am, I am, I'm just so thankful for who you are in my life. I'm so thankful for these friends around me that love you so much and are willing to surrender everything and have surrendered everything to you. Lord, this time of just coming forward and thanking you for who you are or surrendering something else, I ask Holy Spirit for your presence. As we come forward, I ask for your presence. I ask that you'd work mightily, that you would fall on us in a new way. I pray, God, that you would be lifted up like the bride of Christ has not been lifting you up. This is your place. We are your people. Ignition 633 wants nothing but you. Nothing. I give you this time in the next five, ten minutes, Lord, to do what you want to do. And I praise your holy name for who you are.
just going to offer this. Those that are praying, those that are talking to the Lord, please continue. I'm not trying to stop that at all. But if there's anybody that needs prayer for healing, for anything going on in their life, please take this time. You can come up to me. You can come to somebody that you trust and you want to pray with. You can come to Carson. But if there's anybody that needs or wants prayer, feel free.
So whatever you ask of me, Lord, and um, the journey of that has gotten me to a place where I didn't, I didn't think I could get to. It's like I'm climbing up a mountain, and I had so many bags in my hand, and now I'm letting go of all the baggage. And I'm able to walk so much more smoothly and quickly. And I was sitting there, and he says, I need you to say something to everyone. But I don't want you to tell them. I want you to sing it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So, (sighs) All I need is you. No matter the pain, no matter the problems, all I need is you. When I'm feeling low, all I need is you. When I don't know where to go, or I don't know how to grow, just get down on your knees and turn your head to me. it away, Lord. Strip every facet of confusion, of anger, every problem. Strip it away, Lord. I, I want to be a worship warrior. I want to be a, a prayer protector. I want to be a vessel, Lord, for you in all that I do. And for everybody who can hear my voice, he he is saying that if you have him, you are full. If everyone, repeat after me, I am worthy of God's love. I am worthy of God's love. That is what he is saying through this work that we are doing. 2024 is a year of truth and there's nothing more truer than God all I need is you thank you Jesus thank you all I need is you Cause all I need this whole 
time was you, was you, your love, your word, your trust, your everything. You provide me all I need is you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. so much for the hearts of my brothers and sisters. God, I praise you for their surrender to you in the spirit and in the physical. God, I thank you for using this time to meld us together with you, God, with you, Jesus, with you, beloved Holy Spirit. And Father, thank you for being the greatest dad there is. And thank you for Jeff's message and just helping us to connect more with you and and realizing the need to continue to connect more with you in that personal personal level God and I know you're working with each and every one of us in in helping us draw closer to you God because there are so many things that that we've been through in our lives that that you don't want us to overlook that you don't want us to just push down you want us to give them to you give these circumstances to you give our past to you because we cannot afford we cannot afford to look back when we put our hands to the plow because you say father that one who puts his hands to the plow but looks back is not fit for your kingdom so we die to our old flesh we die to our old self And we press on with you, God. You are the one guiding our hands as we plow forward in this kingdom building, Lord. Whatever you want that to look like, we can only do it in partnership with you, Lord Jesus. It is the righteous deeds through us, you say, that build your kingdom. And the righteous deeds of the saints cannot build your kingdom without partnership directly with you. God, we've seen how the, quote, righteous works of the saints have done nothing or very little over the last two years to build your kingdom the way that you desire. Not that everyone has failed, I'm not saying that. But the church as a whole has not grasped that the righteous deeds of the saints are to be solely worked together in relationship with you, God, because that's the way that you want it. So God, we choose to surrender what that looks like to you as we fast. We choose to surrender what bringing your kingdom to this earth looks like as we fast and seek you, God. Because we 
we unify together as one as your weapon. God, your tool to bring the pain to Satan and his kingdom, to storm the gates of hell, and to set up the foundations, the great miraculous foundations, and build on those foundations that you've laid, Lord Jesus Christ, with you as the cornerstone. Uh, We choose to lay gold, precious metals, precious stones, building in your kingdom in the spirit that is and will manifest physically, God. In Jesus' name, we are not building with wood, hay, or stubble that has been used in the past, God. We are building with your materials of the Spirit that do manifest physically. God, we press forward in you each and every single day. God, I trust you to help us in everything and what that looks like, God. And we lay down ourselves to you. God, we lay down our circumstances to you. We lay down give you our jobs we give you our wives and our husbands we give you our brothers our sisters and families and friends they're in your hands god it's not for us to make things happen it's not for us to make things look successful or or make things look a certain way to make people feel good we give these things to you god we surrender these things to you god we will not let anything hinder us from being more of you, Jesus, and less less of our fleshly needs, our fleshly comforts and desires. God, I praise you for being our everything. Thank you for being our bread. Thank you for being our, our blood, our air, our portion in this earth, God, in this life. God, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is not an empty faith. We're not just wishing to be whisked away in a cloud. But God, we are calling on your cloud to descend on this earth in Jesus' name for this time, for this generation, for this age that we live in, and also for the one to come. For this age, for this time, and for the age to come. God, our faith and our hope is both here because you are here in this time and our faith and our hope is for what's to come. God, whatever you want that to look like, we surrender to you. And Father, I declare your armor, the armor that you're talking about in Ephesians 6 over each and every one of my brothers and sisters as we join together and fast. Because we are warring. We are waging war against the enemy's kingdom. I declare your armor over each one of us in Jesus' name by the power of his blood. That each piece would fit together and that we would help each other continuously each day equip these these pieces of armor. God, along with the sword of your the sword of your spirit. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper against this armor that you've given us through relationship in Jesus Christ. And no gate of hell can withstand the sword that you've given us, God, which is your word. And together, as we join together, we put a thousand upon thousand upon thousand enemies to flight. And not only to flight, but we put them in their place where they belong, which is hell. 
They belong in hell and they are sent there through the blood of the Lamb, as, as Rich said earlier to me, through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony. The enemy is conquered. And that's what we will do, God. We will not focus on what's in it for us. We will not focus on what we get from this fast. Because this fast is not about us. It is not about us, Yahweh. It is what you get in the building of your kingdom. We join together and fast and consecrate our our lives and our physical bodies, linking with our spirits, to you, Father. And as we seek first the kingdom of the Lord, your kingdom, you great dad, as we seek your kingdom first and your righteousness, and as we walk purely with you, you take care of everything else, God. So let that Matthew, the Matthew chapter 6 talks about every other thing, our clothes, our what we're going to put in our mouths, you know, what, what job we're going to have. God, as we seek you first, you take care of all of those things. So, Father, we direct our focus in this fast to building your kingdom, to bringing the hurt to the enemy. God, to calling down your justice and your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We direct our focus to you in that, God. And we lay aside the, the, the thousands of challenges that we've been hit with because we have been hit with challenges. Those things are not diminished. But, God, you see those things. And we surrender those things for you to take care of. God, and we choose to set our hopes to set our focus, the power of our prayers together on what you are wanting in this earth, in the building of your kingdom that we seek. God, we seek the things that are above in heavenly places where you are seated, Jesus Christ. We seek those things because we choose to set our minds on the spirit, which is life and life abundantly not on the flesh, which is death. We set our minds and our hearts on what is of the Spirit. And as we do that, God, we trust you to manifest the things physically and to trickle those things down physically in our lives and in the lives of those we pray for. We trust you with that, God, because you are the one who does that. God, so I trust you in these things. We trust you as a family, God. You are the best, greatest dad. You're the best friend we could ever ask for or have. Thank you for humbling me. Thank you for humbling us in this time. And we trust you for your protection, God. And that anything that comes our way from the enemy, any hurt or trial, physical pain, emotional pain, monetary pain, anything that comes our way, we trust you to handle it, God, as you direct our focus on your eyes and your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Have a great week. Good Sunday afternoon. Thanks for coming.